I'm Mike Tyson. Yeah. Tyson. Yeah. I'm Mike Tyson. Yeah. Tyson. Wow. Yeah, it's ludicrous. Hey, this is another episode of Hot Box. I'm Mike Tyson. Today we got here is our man, Prince Jackson. With <laughs> who, kid, of course? Ooh, good. What's up, brother? How you doing? Uh, this is going to be interesting. Dude. Yeah, honor to be here for me. This is awesome. Thank you for having me. No, really. Um, let me. I'm. How does it feel? I don't know. How does it feel being you? That's a very interesting question. Right mm. now, it's a beautiful day in Southern California. I'm eating the Mike Tyson. So, <laughs> pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. No, but you must have had a very interesting life as a kid. Yeah, very, very interesting. And as I've gotten older, I've grown to appreciate how unique and interesting it was. It was. Uh, it's interesting, you know. I mean, have you ever been to Neverland? Yes, I have. So that was oh, my home. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's pretty crazy. Well, when did you go? Man, I went late. It was late. It was like after Charlie. It was back then with Rodney Jurgen. Okay, when they hung out. Awesome. So like 2005, 2006? It's around that time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's around that time. There's animals and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, there's a duo there. A no, like like exotic, like tigers. Elephants, tigers, lions. Yeah. It was a uh, zoo. A yeah. lot of primates, like monkeys, gorillas, orangutans. He Yo, really so loved, yeah. I mean, your dad really loved monkeys, huh? What, oh. what was the monkey thing? What was that about? He loved animals as a kid. Mm. You know, I think his first pets were two rats. Oh, yeah. That's um, Ben. Yeah. yeah. I'm no Ben, nigga. That's me, baby. <laughs> you used to play with them in the bathroom, right? 72, yeah. something like that. Ben. The two of us. <laughs> Yo. You don't uh, play with the little mouse? Yeah, that's some hood stuff, man. Yeah, nigga. That's our pets, baby. Yeah. yeah. The little ones are cool. Not the rats in New York, the big ones. The little tiny <laughs> ones are cute. I've seen those rats. They're huge. <laughs> it's scary. It's the New York dirty, rats right? is nuts. No, get out of here. Yo, that's crazy. Yeah, man. but then I guess as, you know, he was making more money, making more music. He was able to buy more animals, you know. Listen, I got eccentric. I had tigers on mm, mine. Yeah, yeah. Had big cats. They went and um, tore people's hands, hands off and stuff when I got rid of them. Dang, dang. Yeah, I mean, there's something about exotic animals that uh, it's enticing in a way. It's like having a relationship with something that I guess most people don't have a relationship with. And I'm, what was he like globally known to be the first to like have exotic animals? No, like, but it's been people doing that since the beginning of show business. Yeah. But um but I'm talking about like like being seen like on TV all the time. Being... No one's been seen more than him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I think it had been done before. Like he had to find out, I guess, where to get these animals from. Because it's not like you can call somebody up and be like, I want a tiger, right? I don't even know where he would go to call someone like that. Uh but he had to call Mike. <laughs> Mike had a ball. <laughs> yeah, did you have a panther too, or you? Or you just yes, a, I did. Tigers are dangerous, but they're beautiful. They are. They are. Some cats are just like some cats will let you hang around them, but you just don't get too familiar. Chill, you know. <laughs> yeah. Get chill out. Nah. Yeah, they all have different personalities. We were in Vegas and we went to go see Siegfried. And now, Floyd. wasn't that amazing? Amazing! What a great show that was. Is that one of them that got like bit by the tiger? Yeah. He's still alive. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought they, they cloned him or something. No. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. What are you talking about, no, man? They be cloning him. Yeah. No, they can't clone you, man. They can clone animals. He might be a clone. <laughs> <laughs> start, 
you start the YouTube jig. You know, <laughs> don't you hate that when you on YouTube and it, both of you guys just like all these wild clickbait stories? Yeah. I think you were in Mars one time. They said that you, Me? you landed in Mars and then oh, you damn. came back. Like, it's all kinds of stuff with you guys. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I could imagine, right? It's I mean, crazy. The, la the last podcast we talked about the AIs and we played like Mike Tyson over like some other beat, and Mike was kind of pissed off. But yeah. I'm imagine I can imagine like people doing AI with you or your dad. Your dad must be super AI'd out. That's the interesting thing about it, right? Is the technology has grown so much that you can be recorded doing something that you never did. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing is what I've seen, at least with the AI for my dad, is. He had something so magical in his voice mm -hmm. that I don't think that the computer has been able to capture just yet. But it's so interesting from the entertainment industry, the music side of things, right? Because what does that mean for artists moving forward? You know, do wow. you own your voice? It's just a very interesting conversation. And if anybody can uh, and, plug uh, it but in. Listen, from a nature perspective, I should own my voice. Yes, yes. <laughs> just, just, just for actual living. A hundred percent. I should own this. Right? Did that make sense? Yes, 100%. I'm not being, I don't sound like a dick. Do no, 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 you're no, not. Like, no, I'm not going to tell you that you sound like a dick either. It's a part of your brand, <laughs> you know, and at some point yeah. you need to be able to control that also moving forward, you know, because you can also recreate people and AI, like they could have you in a boxing fight today yeah. and you never did it, you know, yeah. and it's just well, very you get paid for it. Exactly. It's your image and likeness. Yes. Hey, I agree 100%. Did you hear the weekend in Mike, um, the song? Mike Jackson song? Yeah. I heard yep. it was like amazing. I've heard a lot of them. They're really good. They're really good. Do, is, is it safe to say the weekend is the closest to be like Mike and as far as singing? I mean, do you give him that I kind know, of respect? That's the only one we heard. Let's try some other people. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about like the weekend in general oh. with, with his career because obviously he is influenced by Mike. Silk Sonic is good too to Who's do that? it. What's that guy, the Latin guy? Not, not Bruno Mars, but the other guy. Who, um, I don't know what you're talking about. Wow, what's his name again? Can we Google this? Help. He's got not Anderson Park. Yeah. He's good too. Yeah, yeah. I, I a lot I get this question a lot, right, when it comes to overall artistry, but nobody's really asked me vocally, like specifically. I think the weekend is a really good comparison. I think it's apparent he was inspired by my dad, mm -hmm. you know, the way he sings, a lot of his music videos. But I, I think overall artistry, Beyonce has really been able to stay relevant yeah. oh, and wow. adapt with it. And she still performs at the peak of her career, like every time she performs. Is is it a God thing? Like, because nobody, I mean, it has to be some kind of like spiritual like connection that gives you that kind of talent. You can't just, just go in there and start singing like that. Listen, People cry when they hear those songs. Everybody thought he was changing his skin because he, he wanted to be white. He was changing because he wanted to glow. <laughs> wanted to be a light. That's, yeah, that's the light story. Wanted to shine. Yeah. Holy. He told you that, huh? Did he tell you that? I remember right in the year he wanted to glow. He was the light. Interesting. Interesting. I'm not gonna lie. When I when I first met Mike in Bahrain, I, and then he had like some white shorts. I didn't know his legs was gonna be white. Yeah. That bugged yeah. me out. I was like, what? That's the first thing that he was like, <laughs> like he started laughing and stuff. But I was with him for like two days. And he really like everything is like like you said it's he, like he understood he understood life more than we thought he did. Who would think they can they want to be the light to glow? Mm. Who would think that? Nobody. He was definitely on a, another plane when I was younger. You know, he was always explaining to me speaking about that. Um, he had a skin condition called vitiligo. It yeah. may have been an, a, a kind of an I don't know what the actual medical term is I'm so that is a, into it. so i'm hearing from you that is real this is officially not a rumor yeah yeah I, I think it was even on the autopsy report you know okay. so there was things i think the cause of it there's uh 
it's up for speculation, but it's either vitiligo or some form of lupus that contributed to the vitiligo. Mm. And he had a lot of insecurity around kind of looking blotchy in his appearance. So he wanted to see if he could, you know, smooth out his appearance to help with his security on his, I guess, physical appearance. You know, I think the glowing may have probably also had something to do with it because he was visionary, I guess, in the way that he thought, right? Listen, man. It can't be a bigger God complex. It can't. <laughs> Mike is not far from that complex. Mike is like a God to many individuals listen, out here. Listen, that what? sounds all good, but we all in the eighties. That's when everybody was big. We all we we all knew we weren't bigger than Michael. Mm. That's just the real. Oh, so yeah, 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 yeah. Bow down, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, <clears throat> very interesting. You know, we're doing a lot of research. Personally, I'm doing a lot of research on him and just learning a lot about his history. And there's so much to cover, right? It goes back to early 70s, late 60s. And when you see the performances and uh, like on the bad tour, the dangerous tour, you see it from his perspective when he's looking out and it's just a sea of people watching him. And I always wondered, doing that night after night, month after month, what what impact does that have on you? Super you know, to see a sea of people just singing your lyrics back to you and wanting to reach out and touch you, whatever it is, just being mesmerized. The impact of that has got to be very profound. Was he, you think he would ever be desensitized with like years of seeing that? Like I have to believe so just because I grew up, it you know, always being surrounded by fans and everything like that. So it wasn't really until after he died and I became more uh, ingratiated into normal society mm. that I realized it wasn't, normal i guess for everybody to be kind of surrounded by people uh so you know he did that from when he was like six years old he's been performing and obviously the venues weren't as great when he was that age right but as he got older jackson five jackson's and then michael jackson it i think at some point not that you became desensitized to it but i think you become used to it it's normal for you so so mike it's like even like every time you go in a ring part of going through that crowd Millions looking at. It. How does that? That's what I was prepared for. I loved that mm. shit. Like he loved it. Yeah, <laughs> the rush of being in front of all those people, right? That's a form of an addiction too, man. Guaranteed. Especially when you want to reach God status, and it becomes more than an addiction. It's like a mission. You know what's crazy? My my Mike Tyson brought this up in one of the podcasts about this infamous. Maybe you could elaborate on one of these stories. Where I think Prince wanted to run down Mike. Yeah, he said. Um, Talk about that, Mike. What's what's that about? Rodney Jenkins was telling me that. Um, he said Prince was trying to run him over in the, in the studio. <laughs> and then my and listen, <laughs> they thought he was crazy. I believed him. I, I just believed him. I just believed him. I believed. I really believed him. I mean, it, 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 that's why it bugged out to me because they had a rivalry. With their careers, and then that infamous where he tricked him. He knew Prince was drunk in the back, made him come out. Yeah, you uh, with, on, on no, stage. you saw when he when he hugged Jim Brown. He yeah, the Prince to come up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where where at? Where Prince? Hey, Prince, get up here. And Prince was drunk out of his mind. And then I heard it was very like no, he weird. let some guy catch some guy, and he's on some big something monkey back <laughs> and the guy brings him in he starts singing and doing shit and then when he leaves he he grabs james brown's um you know his wall and it's just a mess <laughs> but I mean, but did mike like prince or 
I don't think he disliked them, but he wants Prince to know I'm the best ever. But it's bugged out that, that that's the rivalry Then he names his first son Prince. Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, right? So that's I, crazy. You know, I wasn't around during that whole rivalry yeah. when he always spoke to me about Prince. It was with uh, competitive respect, I would be. say. You yeah. know, like he wasn't, like he said, he didn't dislike him, but always had that, I'm, I'm bigger than Prince. I was, yeah. you know, I was top of the world. The prince was trying to challenge him. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was like the first, like, like Tupac Biggie beat. Yeah. Situation right? <laughs> R&B Listen, beef? But Hit, big. Rockstar beef? Michael won, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Michael <laughs> I'm biased, but I have to agree, you know. But actually, I was named after my uh, great-grandfather on, I think, my grandma's side. His name yeah. is Prince. Mm, that's crazy. I saw something where you um, got a little pissed off since we're talking about King of Pop. Um, Harry Styles, uh, you know, it was sometime last year. I think you were like kind of furious when you saw that. I don't think Harry Styles, I mean, Harry Styles is huge, but he hasn't done like the historical factor of being in the DNA of every human being. Yeah, like, yeah. There's a difference. Like, you could go to like Antarctica, somebody knows who Michael well, Jackson is. Well, it's different mm-hmm. now. Now it's different. We have, um, you can just, it depends on how many um, people watching you. Now. Yeah. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how many records you sell. It matters how many people, even if you fail, how many people are watching you fail. That's all that matters, how many numbers you have. And I think it's frustrating too, though, and you can probably attest to this, right? It's There are people that came before my generation, right? The technology generation. And they had to work their whole life, their ass off, to get to where they got to. And my generation now kind of expects it to be fast. Quick, they get it you know, fast, Because they but... see it. And I think it's so interesting to see and what's frustrating for me is not necessarily like harry styles is a great artist oh i love it's more so about these media publications that try to take away the title uh that was really worked hard for and earned in a different time than we are today you know to your point there's people in remote villages that don't have access to the internet that know who michael jackson is you know and that was before we had computers in our pockets exactly. to spread that information no people spread by mouth yes yes people are, and listen people in fucking different countries no electricity spread by mouth exactly great michael jackson great michael Jackson. the music right yeah. and no matter what language it was in they would sing it back as well and that's what my, that's what my father used to tell me when he'd go on tour in these all these other countries they really wouldn't speak english but they knew word for word the lyrics to his songs and he thought that that was so powerful, and he used that as an example to show the power of music because it could break down cultural and language barriers because it was such a unifying message in all of his songs. Did he ever tell you he was the best ever? Yes, I mean, you know, <laughs> he wanted to be humble about yeah. it, but it's, you know, sometimes the pride would come up, and he'd be like, "Your daddy was the greatest yeah. ever." Yeah. <laughs> I, I see you leaked like a lot of footage over the years, like it rare, like you know him reading like story, like he's reading a book to you, and it's, I just can't, I just don't see that. Like when I met him, I felt like he was very conservative. Like, and, I, and you know what I think? He wanted to see other black people because it was me, Tyson Beckford, we were all hanging with him. Yeah. But he finally see like it, it, I can imagine if Mike was there, he would switch up the way he talks. Oh yeah. But everybody like the lawyers or the Arab princes, everybody talked to him and like sign, like they talked to him like soft, and he mm-hmm. talks back soft. And we were like, what the, f- <laughs> what the hell going on here? Like, and you know, then I think just cool. Yeah, he was, you know, he was bugged you out. You know, he controlled his presence. He's just cool. Yeah, but but, but he but the, the the wildest thing is uh, this the screen came down and and on the screen it was uh, a Shakira video on, but he didn't know who Shakira was. Was he always like 
in his own world. Like he was like, who's who's that? I was nah, like, that's he, he has not. Nah, he knows. He said it. He was like, I don't. Know. I was. I got. I, you know, I got eyewitness account. He was like, who's that? I was like, that's Shakira. Like, <laughs> he has to, to know everybody. It, you know, he was constantly learning all new different endeavors right he wanted to do film after he was done with music and he was always reading about different either animals we had, he had an extensive book collection on llamas and exotic animals i know i, uh, I hate llamas <laughs> you ever been to tibet huh? they do one of them like farted on me when i was out there i was so tired i didn't even know they fart i didn't even know animals fart yeah yeah <laughs> i have dogs and they do no well yeah dogs are human they're, they're, they're Man, listen, some of the jokes, they got mosquitoes this big <laughs> Murderous out there. My body don't have the um, the immune system. (laughs) (laughs) But we do have a lot of footage of uh, my father just being a dad, Mm. and I think it's a lot of to your point, right? When how he controlled his presence, he understood the the moniker King of Pop, and I guess kind of the persona that came with that, you know. But you can't always be the king of pop, you know, and no matter what, he was the king of pop, mm-hmm. but the, the persona that it is. So when he's in his own home, when he's in Neverland, when he's when we were traveling with him, there's Michael, mm-hmm. you know, Michael Jackson, the, the human. And I don't know how you balance the two personalities, you know, constantly being able to, especially because he could never go out. Right. He would always be swarmed. And he used to always that madness. You can't think about nothing but yourself. Because yourself is your world. Ain't that some shit? Mm-hmm. The only thing you do is think about yourself. Wow. Right? And I, I think with a lot of celebrities nowadays, it's all about that brand management, you know? But I think that my dad felt he had been given a kind of a command from Would God. Would he understand that? Would he, he understand that brand stuff? Um, I think that he he was very ahead of his time, right? So would he use the term brand? I don't really know, but he would definitely, I think, speak to something of a personal brand and the importance of that. But when it, he cared very much about his, his brand, right. And what was put out there about him, but he was given, he felt he was given a command by God to give back to the world and give back to the community. And so all of his music, most of all of his tours were really more of a means to an end. The music was his passion. That was his career. Mm. But he used those tours to go and, you know, visit children's hospitals and orphanages. There's a a book made by one of my father's fans, and it's literally just about his humanitarian efforts. Mm. So I was scrolling through it, and it's very detailed year by year. And it's, it's hard to believe while you're reading it because you forget that he was on tour. He was visiting almost as many hospitals and orphanages as he was doing shows while doing those shows. And it's just very, very crazy to try and comprehend that. That's amazing, man. And and he did say you were in Bahrain. So you were in Bahrain. Yes. You lived out there. You know, Mike, let me tell you something. You were there before? No, I had to to do Formula One, but Mike was there. That's where I first saw him on top of the thing. But the prince booked me to DJ Formula One, but I didn't know that... I lost my passport, so I can't get. Oh, lost your passport! You don't want to lose your passport out there. It's a wrap. Mm-hmm. So, so I. He was like, "Come stay in my palace." So when I get there, I didn't, and I didn't, and the mic hey, was at been, the pool. It's past ten minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to hurry up. 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 No, I'm trying to hurry up. Let me hurry up. Let me hurry up. So, yo, he just didn't tell me that Mike was there. I guess he got so much money, he didn't have to tell me Michael Jackson was living like yeah. next door. So I thought he was BSing, and then I see Mike come in. Oh, crazy. I was like, what? Have you, have you ever saw him when he, he just finished a concert? 
So and you chilling in the car or wherever you ass. Just got off the concert, got in the car. I was born in '97, yeah. so the biggest kind of call it a regret is I never got to see him perform. What I did get to see him perform at Madison Square Garden right before 9/11 for the, uh, the Jackson Five. Yeah, the, when they came back. Yeah, right. That was and big too. Yeah, that was crazy. Everybody and was there. That was really cool to see. The memory of the, the, seeing the crowd of people, and I only remember seeing a little bit. But then we got swarmed by the crowd. <laughs> And then you were seeing with Johnny Versace, um, Princess Diana, and all those people, Naomi, Naomi Campbell, they all look, they look beautiful. God, like, yeah, yeah. It was uh, that, but so that was the only time I saw him perform, and I don't have a memory of him coming off of stage. But I was, he was dancing constantly, uh, and when he was getting ready during the rehearsals for this is it, right? He would come home real late at night close to like 10 maybe exhausted. 11 yeah. but not exhausted because he didn't sleep so like, he didn't go to sleep easily oh, and no. he would come home with he'd be physically like look exhausted he'd have a, a shake or eat a meal and go to working on music you know he'd go to his room start writing or harmonizing and melodizing to try and figure out another song so it was like rehearsal for the tour and then back to work on the music and Constantly doing that. Was, was it easy for you to get masked up? You didn't have to, like, you know how kids, like, they getting out the shadow of their dad is kind of, like, hard to keep I, up with. How do they explain that to me? <laughs> I mean. How that's going to happen, right? So they, what are you going to do, become president ten times in a row? Yeah, no. It's <laughs> get out of the shadow? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah, but, but, yeah. But I, it's safe to say you didn't really have to deal with that because we didn't see you until after you know mike kind of like passed away so exactly so you didn't have that effect where you know publicly people keep seeing you and mike you and mike you and yeah. Mike. so now we expect you to sing we expect you to do something but you didn't have you didn't have to deal with that i think it's who you talk to you know everybody kind of always expects that um so my dad kept us out of the public eye he wanted us to wear masks so people didn't know who we were so we could go out without him and lead a normal life but then after he passed, my grandma made the decision. She wanted us to just be normal. Mm. So she had to stop wearing these masks. Um, I think, you know, you always hear a lot. Of I don't want to be fucking normal. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have a short life of glory than a long in. life of oh, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're 10 minutes in. We're good, man. I don't want to. <laughs> but when we. Uh... <laughs> I love Mike. I love this guy. Man. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh my I want to be just like your dad. The whole world never forget my name. Yeah, yeah, and they won't. They yeah. won't. Yo, Mike, tell them you're a Michael Jackson experience. I know you, oh. you hung out with him. You <laughs> got to, man. Listen. You got 10 minutes to hurry the fuck up. <laughs> so, Don King got me to come to Cleveland because uh, he said Mike Tyson, Mike um, Jackson, Michael Jackson performed, and he's my friend. I promoted his tour before. Mm. I said, Get the fuck out of here! But then I found out <laughs> he did because he's lying all the fucking yeah, time. Yeah. And so I'm going. I went to um, Cleveland with him, and so the studio um, auditorium big, and he walks down the aisle, and I, Mike see him, and he goes like this to Michael, and Michael goes like this. So I'm behind him, we together, so I go like this. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the heavyweight champion. I go like this, the mic for this fucking head <laughs> I said in my mind. No, but listen. He's Make a, up your mind. <laughs> he's about, he's, he's about five feet past him, but he's on the stage, you know? And and he goes like this, and he's down the chair. And I go like this, and he puts it down. <laughs> 
the mic just dissed me in my mind. In my mind, I'm saying the mic just dissed me. I'm saying my he couldn't diss me. I'm Mike Tyson. I fucking dissed me. I used to beat Michael Spinks, biggest fight in the world. So I go backstage with him. I'm done. And when I get backstage, all of his band members, the girls, the drummer gave me his stick, the girl that danced at the blonde. Hugs, I'm taking pictures. Everybody's giving me attention. The band and everybody backstage. But Mike is sitting over there by the door. The door's open like he's waiting for somebody to pick him up. Mike this. No. And so I'll go like that. I have to go over and say hi to Mike, man, because this is why I really came here. So I go over to him. I said, I put my hand out. He turned around. Where do I know you from? <laughs> I'm the biggest star in the world at that time. I beat Michael Spinks. I got the biggest person in the world at that time. Everybody knows me. I'm doing everything. And he said, where do I know you from? <laughs> and I said, oh, shit, that's not right. But I said, no, it's okay, Mr. Jackson. I know by Mr. Fan. I said, I never forgot that either. That's, that's crazy. Never that is crazy. That. Who you are. And he was just, everybody's all over me talking. He's over here like this. <laughs> He's just chilling. He's laughing on the corner. Yo, get out of here. Yo, Mike, that's, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. I was 20, 21 years old. I thought I was God. <laughs> You never met Jay-Z? Because I know Jay-Z brought Mike. He's one of the kind of like rappers that actually brought Mike out on stage. It's interesting because I've had such a unique childhood, right? But And I met a lot of people when I was younger, but I was so young, I don't remember a lot That's of it. That's crazy. So it's possible I may have, but... Like you got a random photo with Jay-Z somewhere? Maybe, you know? I, I get I find videos on... That must be fly, right? It the is, it is. I'm like, oh, damn, I forgot about that. Uh, who who do you remember that's random and that it, people just you keep it like on the low? Like one of my earlier earlier memories is uh, I think Beyonce came to visit my father one time. I'm not kidding when I when she was really young and obviously that's really young. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That culture of like uh like God like the godly artists. Do you listen to like all these new guys out here? Like you know like little like like little Nas X and. Uh, who else? Uh, I mean, we had him up here. Um, no, I'm like, that's fly. <laughs> I like, no, yeah, like Meat yeah. Mill. Like, do you, do you turn up to that kind of stuff? Um, or are you a Drake guy? No, no, no. I mean, not no what? disrespect. No disrespect. Uh, to Drake, you know, but like, what? Kill out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all he's also stayed another artist that stayed very relevant over his entire career. Entire career, yeah. Before top of yeah, yeah. it, right? But. I grew up listening to the oldies, man. I love listening to, you know, soul, funk, R&B. Really? Mm. Uh, my dad has an incredible library, so that kind of keeps me busy. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> How many songs you got out there? Like, like that's never coming out. Uh, well, that's an interesting conversation. But before that, you know. How does somebody keep your music? That's what trips me, too. How come somebody is right? He does the beat. You see on the and he, music. And he stores all hits. Yeah. yeah. Why can't I just get my part from singing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't that make sense? That's sense, right? Yeah, the... Uh... We got to get Quincy up in <laughs> He's got a he's got a lot of songs that I never heard of before. Mm. He was featured on a lot of other songs with other artists, but also when he was younger, he was doing a lot of um, solo albums that I just recently discovered myself. Oh wow! It's very interesting, you know. But when it comes to unreleased music, there, as I've been told, I don't think my father ever learned how to read sheet music. So as a a trained musician, it was all really self taught. And when that translated to the way he would write music and create songs, there's actually maybe clips of it too, where he would do um, he would do like the beat with his mouth and his vocals for like Beat It or Billie Jean. He would sing the beat 
and then layer on the tracks over that. Mm. So what we have in our vault is, uh, as I've been kind of told, is a lot of wor- a really rough works in prog- progress. So it's a lot of little snippets of uh, hee hee and stuff like that. You Come know? on, that must be the most famous ad. Hey, yeah, right? Imagine. <laughs> Like Travis Scott, he'd be like, "All right, yeah, it's lit." <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it crazy that he's been like, repro- like people, every comedian, every he's been like, I mean, people have been Mike, like people like, impi- like those, like those imposters and insane, like it's insane. everywhere, like yeah. But how can a man live like everybody? That? It's crazy. I mean? How many of them shows do you go to? Like, you know, in, in, in Vegas. The one in Vegas is like, the, everybody was crying in that shit. That, oh, Did you cry? Like, I cried. I don't care what. I don't let everybody know. I cried. I was yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. And they saved that. Well, damn, snitching. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's been out for, it's actually, I think, we right. celebrated yeah, 10 yeah, years. Okay, okay, so, so, working, okay. Okay. so yeah, yeah. it comes out at the end. So you don't see it. When you see it at the end, it's, it's like, yeah. I just start crying. This is a white guy next to me. I hug him. I, I cry with him. <laughs> I know Mike cried. There's no way Mike didn't cry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, they, they they picked all the like the spiritual songs like during the show where you know, ah, yeah. when you hear that, Mike, I know Mike cried at that one. Sometimes you think you know somebody, and then this shit comes out. <laughs> See your father does make shit come out of people. Oh my god, yo, he's singing opera now. <laughs> <laughs> yo, man. How's your um? You, I heard you your your heal LA mission. You know, give us a one on one on that, man. You're like uh, the co-founder. You're co-founder, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, ever since I was really little, my father was trying to teach us how important it was to give back to the community, mm. um, to any cause, something, just to give back to the world, because he felt that we were blessed, we were privileged with all that we had, and that it's our duty to share that yeah. with other people. So ever since I was young, we've really been doing a lot of philanthropy throughout my life. And then when I went to college, I met the president of the foundation and the co-founder, and he had this idea of starting a foundation that was inspired by my father's Heal the World Foundation. Oh, wow. And the Heal the World Foundation was supposed to focus on homelessness, child abuse, and child hunger on a global scale. We were a student service org, so we uh, wanted to focus on L.A., so that's how kind of Heal L.A. started. Oh, wow. When we did, um, when I graduated and he graduated, we wanted to continue it, but we were looking back. I, I care a lot about impact. I don't like, you know, people who say, oh, I'm doing charity because I'm a good person. Look at me, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So we really cared more about impact than scale. We didn't care about hitting those, oh, we serviced 5,000 families. We cared more about changing an individual's life. And the... So when we became a nonprofit, we kind of changed our mission statement around. We recently changed it again. It's uh, to focus on the youth of greater Los Angeles by creating impactful programs that encourage them to chase their dreams while providing them fundamental life skills. And the inspiration for that is, you know, I grew up so privileged. I grew up in Neverland, you know what I mean? Then I lived with the the shake of yeah. the Middle Eastern countries. Yeah. So <laughs> it's very detached from reality. Disney. Disney. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Literally, Disneyland. But all that, throughout that, my father always took me to less privileged areas because he wanted to show me that it wasn't oh, normal wow. for us okay. to live like this. That's not how the world did. My wife is such the same way. <laughs> wow. And I, no, listen, it's funny that you say that. So I, 
I want to know, I was telling my wife, I said, what is this? You know, we had a smaller house, and it was kind of crummy, too, but it was a nice house, you know? I mean, nobody complained, nobody mm-hmm. bothered, nobody, and they were bigger houses. We had had the shittiest house in the neighborhood, right? <laughs> And I'm saying, all right, that's cool. Everything was cool. We didn't have to yell because we were close, and now we're in a bigger house, and it's wider, and it just looks nice, and... I'm saying that's what I'm saying to my kids. Every time we get money, we'll get a bigger house. Mm. You know, that's what I'm teaching them. Every time dad and mommy celebrates, we get a bigger house or something. That's gangster. No, that's not gangster. That's not normal. (laughs) That's not normal. Mom and dad is just tricky because they got insecurity. Mm -hmm. You know, but this is not normal. It's It's interesting to think about the message that you kind of send your kids, right? Through your own behavior. You get older, you start thinking that. What's this mean? Now Mm -hmm. every time we make more money, we go get a bigger house. And we got to scream even more because that's all we do is scream. (laughs) Baby, Kiki, baby, baby. (laughs) You got to get intercoms. Baby, (laughs) baby, Kiki, I'm hungry. Oh my God! I was doing research on uh, on your joint, and then I, you know, I, I never knew that there was like age limits in foster homes. Uh, I, I mean, I'm assuming you, you can't be like an adult still being out. I think that's cool about your project. You take care of people even after. Yeah, that was them. something we did as a student service organization, yeah. and that was probably one of the most rewarding things that we've done. What at is the, the age foundation? Limit? How, how long do you? I think technically it's 18. Oh, Where 18. do they sleep at? And that's the that's one of the worst things is once the kid becomes eighteen, on some people will foster kids to get money because you get support from the government and there's benefits for it. Oh yeah, yeah. But as soon as the kid's eighteen, they say we don't have a legal or moral obligation to you, so get out my house. No way. And so you have a lot of kids who are homeless at eighteen and they don't know where to go. They don't have any family. Do you ever think about hey, I'm gonna prepare because I'm gonna get kicked out when I'm eighteen? So by this time, I'm, gonna have this <laughs> I'm sure somebody somebody played there like yeah. that. Maybe you know, but uh, um... do, do I rob this house before I get out? <laughs> I wait till they get all their money saved and put it in their hiding spot, rob the house, and break out. I mean, that definitely could be an option for some people, you know, (laughs) we had a, we had one girl though, who she just had twins at 18 Wow! and she got kicked out of her foster home. Ruthless. Exactly. And then there was uh, a nonprofit that we partnered with. uh, I think it's called the sense of home. And what they did is, is they would find an apartment for the fam, for the aged out foster kid to live. And we raised money to provide furniture, TVs, tablets for the kids. Anybody ever dying in your? Um, anybody ever dying in your guys' holding in your guys' built apartments? Anything? Our apartments? Yeah. We don't own any apartments. So, you know, I'm talking about in homeless situations. Oh, oh. They, OD, they OD, they die. Well, <laughs> it's not funny, but we had a a really crazy experience. Well, well, we the life with homeless. Know, I, I know about homeless. Yeah, I mean, you probably have crazier stories than I do, yeah. to be honest. But we had a, we had a, we took a lot of college kids to Skid Row and really oh, wow. underfunded areas yeah. in there. Exactly. Well, a lot of our students oh, were yeah. very yeah. privileged. Listen, you yeah. start having a guy, a conversation with a guy that's dwarfing you. You're like, oh, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Saying, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, you see some her, a woman and her mother and they're beautiful and young and they, they're homeless. Yeah. They nowhere to go. He said, what the fuck is here? It's crazy. Mind-blowing. It's crazy. So eye-opening for them, right? Can't get a shower. That's clean, clean yourself. Nuts. But while we were hand, we used to hand out um, personal hygiene bags, you know, toothbrush, floss, yeah. stuff like that. Um, 
two time on two separate occasions one guy tried to run us off the road like we were on the sidewalk climbed the curb on his truck we had to get out of the way yeah that was pretty crazy and then we saw another time some dude literally got stabbed right in fr- while he was taking a bag from us somebody came up behind him and hit him like three times but he the craziest thing what? he didn't react he walked it off like he was like we're like are you okay man <laughs> he goes close. yeah i'm good and then literally <laughs> walked off dude it was the craziest thing. He, like, was he, high, or something? he was high he was man. Crazy. yeah it was nuts yeah, nuts they, they be superhuman out here yeah <laughs> you know it's not even funny but when you see them defecating the street it just bugged out to me like you see some pull their pants down start defecating and i'm like we're in like the richest city, you know, in America. Like, yeah, but we're like we're like, like the what twenty seventh most happiest, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, something in that. Mm. Just and that, that's that. why check it out. What what number we as far as happy nation <laughs> for real? No, America. Where do we rate in happiness? I guarantee you, L.A. is lower than America. I saw that recently. Mm-hmm. Wow, we're 15th. We're 15. All this money, we're only 15. And people are defecating in the street. Yeah. And I think that's what the importance of having, mm. you know, uh, charitable endeavors or nonprofits is we have a large wealth gap here. Yeah. We're in this state specifically, we're the, I think, fifth or sixth largest economy. And you have $10 million houses right next to like Hoods. Section 8 projects. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's. I, I'm I'm too young to tell you I know what the issue is, yeah. but there is a gap that needs to be addressed. So that's we're just hoping to fill the gap and help people kind of as best as we can. Well, God bless you, man. Really <laughs> we have you to you know fight the fight. Yeah, is, is it like that? Is like all these companies getting together to go up against this machine of poverty? Is it like? How's that like? Nobody never asked that kind of question, though. I no. never heard that question. You go, you go, it's like you're going up against like all this stuff. There's like politics involved. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. Then don't don't have like uh, an election or anything go down. Yeah. <laughs> Every time there's an election, a lot of things get done, and then when the elect when it, when it's over, it just, back to normal, back to defecating again. I, you know, I don't, I don't. Again, I don't think I know what even the core issue is, so it's mm-hmm. hard to generate a solution from it. It's the just, core issue is no one cares. Yeah, and that's wow. a, that's a big issue. problem. So that's why we like the idea of healing, um, because to he- help someone heal is an act of care, is an act of kindness, and it's not something that's easy. I mean, you know, my father used to go to children's hospitals, and he would spend time with terminally ill children or people who were dying of very unique uh, illnesses. It's not something that's easy on the heart, and it's something that he was always very happy to do. But when he, after he died, I used to go to the children's hospital uh, in L.A., and I would volunteer uh, with a program called Literally Healing. And we would just go and spend time with the kids, read books to them and stuff like that. And I only did that for like three times. Did your grandmother protect you yeah, as kids from the Hollywood and entertainment world? Like, you know, a lot of kids get lost in that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's a that's a very scary part of the industry. Child. Mm. That's like child that's real star. Yeah. Normally the parents take advantage of them. Exactly. Them like- exactly. So my dad he used to kind of warn us about that. Talk a lot about Jackie Coogan. Uh, yeah, little, child kid actor, right? Jackie they Coogan. made the Jackie Coogan law after that. Little Even kid. still, though. And then he got older. I remember mm-hmm. the older man. Played. And had no money because his parents took it all. So they mm-hmm. created that law where you have to... Yeah, Coogan accounts. Where you have a 10%, I think, of all income. What goes they, those. Of the rascals, too? I think so. I think so. My dad loved the little rascals, so that's how yeah, so <laughs> he always spanky. spoke about them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, my grandma did a really great job. He'd been job around. He'd been in all kinds of like 1900s. Mm. Dang. Man. These guys been vaudevillians and stuff. Look at that. Wow. 
man. Your grandmother. Oh, that's Butch, right? That little guy's Butch. Or, huh? Yeah. yeah. That's not Butch. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not Jackie Coogan. You serious? Wow. That's crazy. Well, he's been doing this for a long time. That's crazy. But no, my grandma, she was uh, very pivotal in my kind of siblings and I's transition into from Neverland or Disneyland right into the real world in a way. And she's a devout Jehovah's Witness. So um, lots of very solid moral upbringing. Strict. Yeah, strict for sure. Um, But. You know, I had the benefit of being raised for 12 years by my father, who was an incredible man, mm. and he was raised by his mother. And after he died, she continued to raise us. My cousin TJ became our guardian. Oh, wow. So I had a lot of really great grounding role models to kind of, you know, with my father, I was given this big dream and these big goals. And he also gave me the tools to try and ground myself. And those tools were continued to be reinforced after he died mm. uh, with my grandma, with my cousin. And it's just, I'm very thankful for him. Very thankful for Who's him. Who's your favorite aunt? That's, that's a, you can't, Everybody can't has answer one. that question. Everybody has one. Latoya, come on. Janet's my favorite aunt. If I was in your family. Iconic. Iconic, right? She actually just finished her together again. Yeah. Tomorrow, I saw so that was my really wife. Cool. Went there. How was you that? Did? How was that, In LA, I think it was. How was it? Somewhere we were there. That was a ludicrous, right? They both yeah, 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 yeah. It was great, yeah, so right? Jan, it was beautiful. Yeah, we're in the back and hollered at her, children. No, we was chilling, but it was just beautiful. Okay. We all enjoyed ourselves. That's awesome. That's so awesome. It I heard so, it, was it was sold out. It was big. You met Janet before, right? Yeah. yeah. What's your story with Janet? She's like the second. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's go, bike. Let's go, bike. No, no. Listen, one day I was looking. Um, where was I? <clears throat> I was in Hawaii, and Rodney Jurgens lived next to me. He had um, like a little—it's like a little chateau mm-hmm. in Maui, and so they have chateaus next to each other yeah, on the yeah. beach. And so I was at one of the chateaus, and Janet was as well, and um, she's with Jermaine Dupree. Oh, wow. so I walked down there, and I see Jermaine, and. I saw him earlier, so I went back there to see him later in the afternoon, maybe early evening. He wasn't there. And then Janet had came out and said, hi. That's good. Asked That's me, crazy. Asked me, was I all right? And I said, yeah, I'm good. And then Rodney came up. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt better, right? Yeah, I felt yeah. safe. I felt, okay, we all know Rodney. We're cool. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I was, again, born in 97, uh-huh. so I'm damn near a baby right yeah but my dad used to talk talk about you and he would say he said that you are i knew two things about you you were a scary joker he used to call people jokers (laughs) yeah not in a bad way but just like you know he's a joker but also the kindest human being because he always used to talk about your pigeons and i think he felt a similar like kinship in that because he had the rats and you had the pigeons oh wow and it was uh yeah that's just (laughs) Hey, um, that is just my life. I just got some new birds. Really? Yeah. I love birds. I love birds. (laughs) Oh, man, I got some new birds. You guys. Oh, pictures. We could probably put them on your thing. You see those bits? Can you come with me? Let me see if I get my Do you name them all? Sometimes. I don't do that because if I get to attach them and a hawk takes one out, I don't want to be hard. Next thing you know, I got the fucking gun. All right, come on, motherfucker. I'm letting birds out. Go ahead. Come on. 
and I'm getting too into it. it you know, listen, the next thing you know, somebody looks at me, see me shoot, and I got a case. So, I, I can't do that. Can't yeah. Do that. Bird gang. Look at this. This is some of my birds. They're not coming out the first day. I love the caves. That's awesome. Oh, oh, look, see, they're coming out. It's the first day out. These are my babies. And you feed them? Huh? Like you go in there and you feed them? Oh, absolutely. I do everything for them. Wow. Hey, you can see them all up there. You gotta see them flying. I love birds. I love. Oh birds. man, listen. So cool. I love birds. I, I can't live with. I, I can't. Uh, I can't birds live in the hood. Without, I don't know. I don't know. I can't live without. What we call them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm that way. I can't live without them. Do you let them like fly, and them... that's how they get attacked by hawks? Yeah. So the, and they come back. Yeah. Mm. That's crazy. They fly over in air till you can't see them no more. And then when do they come back? An hour. They really? See them coming back. They roll them. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Then the Hawks and the Falcons start trying to get them. Dang. What is that? That's in Brooklyn or you have one in Miami? Brooklyn All in and Brooklyn. then um, Vegas and I have a Can you take me to one? I want to experience that. I see, I see documentaries. I want to touch one of your pictures. Listen, um, <laughs> it, has to, it has to be in your blood. I started at such a young age, like seven, mm. eight. It's in my blood. I can't live without them. I'm going to be an old man dying. I'm going to have a pigeon. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so cool. Yo, give us a one-on-one on this uh, biopic coming up, man. What's up, man? Oh, it's uh, very exciting. Very exciting. You involved? Yeah, yeah. Very much. So, huh? yeah, we. Um, I met with Graham King, or I'm, I can't take no credit. Graham had actually known my family back in the 70s. He, when he came over here from England, he was uh, pumping gas for Jermaine at a shell station down the street. No way. And then he started off, you know, working uh, in the film industry, working with Martin Scorsese, done a lot of classic yes. films, right? And then he did uh, Bohemian Rhapsody on Queen. My favorite movie. And it, it was amazing. It was amazing. But he uh, reached out to the, my father's estate and said he wanted to do a movie on uh my dad he felt like there was a real story to be told there okay and after shortly after that i met with him and i've kind of been uh learning from him in a way because it's another great way to learn underneath yeah, uh, about my dad but also about the film industry from a oh. pro right a certified uh legend he's, he's like the king of bringing out like 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 anger and like you know you, you could tell in Rhapsody like you, you felt like the character like, yeah so he's, and he's gonna bring that out like well what he does is in his approach to this storytelling um what I've learned from stories I've heard about him from other people or just watching him work is he goes and he spends time with people getting their full story you know where they came from how they met my dad how they knew him and mm. what their relationship was like and he does all this information gathering and research to put together the most authentic fo um, story and the character of who my father was. And so what was interesting for me, you know, I spent a lot of time speaking with Graham about the man that I knew as my father, which is not the king of pop, was not, you know, mm. the Michael Jackson. It was daddy to me. And he went and he met with all these other people who, you know, from my family members, his brothers, my uncles, to uh, people who toured with him, traveled with him, worked for him. And after I read the first draft of the script, I called him because I was crying afterwards. And okay. I told him that he had the most authentic picture of my father. 
And I learned a lot, not that I learned anything new about my dad because it was all the iconic moments, which is very difficult to do, right? There's so much you history. Might, you probably never knew everyone else knew that. Ex yes, yes. Yeah. And the, the person that I knew, it, it kind of was like a, a light bulb for me in the sense that it put into effect how the man that I knew was the way he was because of his whole life story. And so it was nothing, you know, Billy Jean, Motown 25, doing the moonwalk for the first time, right? Everybody knows that story. I was told that story. Oh. I've seen the video. But when you have the A to B to C to D and then you get to the end of the movie, it's that was my dad. And that's that's exactly who he is. So being involved on this journey of getting all these awesome stories about my father and then putting them together into a cinematic story for the general audience to really understand who he was as a human is just amazing how long did, how long have you been working on a project like like years in the making it's been a while obviously Super the years. pandemic right messed yeah. up everybody's schedule um but i think i met graham in like 2000 maybe 17 or 18 and from there we've just been continuously having conversations and more and more pieces of the puzzle get put in there he was like the first troller like there was no there was no social media he knew that when he went out there he's gonna cause a ripple out there which is with the whole i think world. that's a, a hell i mean i'm not a fan of the connotation of troll yeah. but i think in the um <laughs> in the grand scheme of it he understood the media to a certain extent and he understand how he could kind of play into that to increase his stardom you know, an interesting story I actually just saw uh, about the Super Bowl in 93, it was, uh, when he pops up and he just stands there doing nothing, yeah, right? Like, and the crowd's going crazy. Yeah, yeah. Insane. And the, black. Exactly, black. exactly. The interesting thing about it is, though, is they added in the crowd of sound effects. Mm. And oh, because okay. the Super Bowl had never had a star like that perform up until that time. And I think it's still like the most watched Super Bowl performance. Oh. And so when he came up and he just stood there, the audience thought it was a, a technical difficulty or a malfunction. So everybody was quiet, mm. but they added in the audience performance and that just added to the legend that is Michael Jackson now. Open the doors, man. Now you see everybody. Yeah. Out there. You see like freaking uh, Rihanna. I mean, Eminem, Dr. Dre, like they opened it like that door right there. Everybody's doing Super Bowl. It, it, it completely changed that halftime performance. I mean, Jay-Z got that job, man. Yeah. I know Mike goes to every Super Bowl. He knows Jay-Z. <laughs> I don't go to no damn Super Bowl. Yeah, yo. I went to one. <laughs> yeah, Mike. <laughs> no, well, the only person that um, invite me is Mr. Kraft, Bob Kraft, anybody else. Really? <laughs> yo, you got to change that, Mike. Yeah. What are we doing for Mike's birthday, man? Patriots all the way. Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is trouble. Thank you. What we doing for August 29th, man? What we doing, man? Is that Leo? Leo? Yeah, August 29th. Oh. Um, I don't really know, to be honest. Good, good. I didn't know my son, so I don't feel Virgo. bad. I don't mm. feel bad. What? <laughs> oh, Virgo. Oh, Virgo. <laughs> for going. <laughs> what? So he's a Virgo, August 29th. But we talked about the show out there in Vegas. That's yeah. uh, one of our shows. Uh, the Cirque du Soleil one. It's 10 years for the show this yeah, year, but good. we always do something to celebrate his birthday out there in Vegas. You guys are welcome to come if you want. Really I'm living crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you should swing through. We go. Uh, what I think is happening this year is his birthday's on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. So Sunday, we're going to be doing, there's a, 
this cool MJ experience. I've seen videos of it. I haven't been yet, but they have it to where you could do like the Billie Jean thing where you step on the ground and it lights That's up. Cool. That looks That's so good. cool. So I want to try that. The black, you know what the I mean? black leather outfit. Yeah. A, a pla- a, you know. I don't think shoes. it was leather, but you know, it was a black leather outfit. <laughs> yeah. Fine vinyl probably. It's crazy how we all wanted to be Michael Jackson. No, Everybody no. got the glove. Did you, did you ever have a glove, Mike? I didn't have the glove. I always had the high water pants. No. <laughs> With the white socks? Um, no, my um, silk socks were always high water. <laughs> you said, Mike Tyson people, high watch water your, people watch your shoes. That's how Michael did it. Oh. People look at your shoes. You got yeah. the socks with the glitter on it? Well, I didn't have that. I just had regular silk socks. <laughs> with some awesome fucking shoes that I had to show the whole shoes of the world. That's why they high water. Yeah, yeah. So they could focus on your feet, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yo, you and Mike got something in common. You're a martial artist? You're, you're a boxer? What, what are you? Uh, when I was younger, we... After my dad died, my grandma wanted us to do uh, karate, so we did that for a little while, mm-hmm. um, and then I kind of just wanted something more aggressive, so I went to mixed martial arts. Oh, I got my ass beat like that two happened. days straight, that happened sometimes. and I was like, okay, I can't do this. So we went to school with uh, Billy Blanks' niece and what? nephew. Oh, that's a lot of exercise. <laughs> so what? we went boxing with his brother, Michael Blanks, mm. threw up every time after that. I, could, <laughs> I just didn't have the cardio for it, man. It was that's too shit, much. Man. So then I, I ended up getting the jiu-jitsu under the Gracies. So you respect Mike, right? Oh, you oh, were under the Gracies? Yeah, no yeah. Way. I studied under uh, Hiron and Henner Gracie, who are the grandsons of uh, Helio Gracie. And... They used to win all the time. Now yeah. Everybody does that now. Yeah, everybody yeah. does that down now. It's funny, Mike, how in the beginning of the fine world where it, they didn't have, like, weight class, so it'd be like, so Gracie cool. against, Nuts. like, some 300-pound sumo dude. And, and it's always, like, ground attacks. Yeah. Like, and, and how, Before how they had divisions. The yeah. Blood everywhere. Is there is there a UFC fighter you like? MMA or um, I used to follow it like diligently, right? Watching Jim Jones, my family. John Jones, yeah, John, oh, man. he's the god. Yeah, there was a lot of great fighters. I mean, I really enjoy like entertaining Khabib, fighters. Khabib, Khabib was amazing, you know, but he was all groundwork a lot, mm. and he would dominate strength wise, grappling. He was just above and beyond. But sometimes it doesn't make for interesting fights. You know, what a lot exciting, of people want to see, exciting. yeah, back oh, and yeah, forth, yeah. smashing so, each other. So the grappling on the ground is like long. And... If you if you studied it, and yeah. like when I was training in it, it's so interesting for me to watch. But I think from a, a general audience uh, perspective, you want to see them fight. Given man has bulla, he's got to pick them up and thought it was a baby. Really? <laughs> I have not show him. Show him. Show him. I was like, yo, Mike, he's twenty years old. Like, <laughs> The guy's like 20, Mike. What are you doing? He thought it was a baby. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I didn't know. I had Can you pull that up, please? <laughs> yo, this guy's bucked out, yo. He's like, he's cute. Yeah, I know he was high, but he thought he was really cute, man. I was like, yo, this guy is a, a man. Like, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so you thought this was a baby? Yeah. <laughs> he was high. He was high. He was beyond high. Look, 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 look. He picks him up. Like, 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 hey, hey, yo! Man, hey, listen, man. hey, listen, I don't fucking know, okay? <laughs> All right. Mike, that's a man. Like, when you're kissing those girls on the show and you don't know they're men, how, that's like that. I didn't know he was a little fucking girl. Damn near noogie to him. Yo, I love Mike, man. And it was so wow. organic. It was so organic. That's hilarious. That's the most organic, coolest shit I've ever seen in my <laughs> oh, life, man. Nigga. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, wow. That's gangster. Oh, wow. You might get on Oh, that's so nice. That's what I do, brother. Every day, you let him out and fly like that. Yeah. That's so cool. That's so cool.
Trainer, or do you train them? I train them by there's people that knows how to fly birds. Look how beautiful my birds are. Wow. How do you train them? They love me. <laughs> they love as soon them. as I come to the thing, they run see they come right to me. Wow. Is it like treat based? Is it click based? Food. Food. Wow. I got a photo for you. Oh. <laughs> what do you guys do? It's sort of like like <laughs> nah, <I'm joking. laughs> I wanna uh you know uh, you know I know Prince meets a lot of liars and BSers. Uh, 100%. You know, I'm just some like random DJ that DJ for fifty cent M and M and Show some of your skills. Show what you would do if you were DJing. Uh, right? I, <laughs> the songs you would play. I just press buttons. I'd be a hockey song like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Get the crowd going. I'm wow. be oh crazy. Look at that. Wow. And that was in Bahrain. You were next door. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> you were literally next door. That's crazy. So the thing is, he had the shorts, and then he went back to the crib, and he came back as Michael Jackson, like the yeah, dinner yeah. and everything. And then I got him so comfortable, he took photos of everybody. Tyson Bergford, like random homies. The only thing I was really mad is my friend didn't press record on the camera. So yeah. He didn't film me. He had a camera, so he just took photos. Dang. And the Rolling Stone, you know, he was like hiding yeah, from the yeah. media. My photo was the only one in Rolling Stone that year when they were trying to find him. Only one. Environment. That's crazy. That's Look at my crazy. Whack ass thing. Small world, man. <laughs> You're whack. You're Look at that whack. 8X polo shirt. You're like, <laughs> that's so cringy. Thank yo. And I look like Nick Cannon. <laughs> hey, put my pictures in with Michael. I'm getting jealous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, now my, you know, now he my, walked Mike out take my shot now. Now Mike wanna take my shot. You know what I'm saying? Can't have your show, Mike. This is your show, Mike. Man. And Mike got mad photos with Mike. You see? Crazy. Mike chilling. got mad photos Crazy. with Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Just chilling. Mike got the gangster photos. Wow. Now, if I remember correctly, it's the one he walked out with everybody at that time. That, that was an amazing shot. That was. That like that should be framed. Wow. Look at those. Look how young I am. Crazy. Wow. <laughs> Yo, Mike, I hate you. Wow. <laughs> wow. Don't be jealous, bro. Stop hating. Mike, 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 I want photos. Why people hating so much? Man, I don't care, man. man. God, you, you killing me right people now. Look at that one. Look at this Monopoly. Oh, look, they're hating wow. about that, too. All the mics. That's crazy. Put that on look at that. That's it. So this is the infamous shot. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know, oh, my daughter's killing me. She said, magic is cooler than me. Eddie's cooler. She said, <laughs> what? And she said, but, um, she said um, Madonna's my right hand. She said, Madonna's cool. And though she said about me, I look like the butler. Look at <laughs> And she was right. Look, she was fucking right. I look like the butler. Everybody's balling. I look like a butler. Make it big. Make it bigger. No, I don't know what it is. No, it's not real. But my daughter, my my daughter said, "Mike, Dad, you look like the butler." <laughs> look at that! I look like the fucking butler for real. Mike is gangster, man. Look, they got Prince and all those people. Hey, my, my my daughter said, "Look at the oh, fur. Man. He got the coat, and you look like a butler, Dad." <laughs> Do your kids know, like, the scale and magnitude of what Listen, you've done? Right? My kids, um. My kids like to bust my chop. <laughs> kids like to bust my chop. But isn't it crazy that when you're stamped and by knowing Mike, you become like this weird, like this unique individual. People look at you different. Yeah. My one photo, people think is bugged out. Yeah. But with yeah. him, him must think he's like. I mean, just based off of his own career, though, not because he met my dad. Yeah, but, but, but adding on that, like. Yeah. 
That too, but listen, you'd be surprised how people say you inspire me, that inspired me. Yeah. And I'm champ of the world to meet him. Wow. I've, been, I've been watching him ever since I was in the gutter. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. Now you know him? Isn't it bugged out that you had uh, Macaulay Culkin and Elizabeth Taylor as godparents? Yeah. How did that feel? Well, Elizabeth yeah, tell Taylor. me about that stuff, man. So um, I believe Macaulay Culkin is my sister's godfather. Marlon Brando was my godfather. So wow. the godfather on, was my godfather. Pretty he was crazy. an interesting guy. Pretty, right? Bro, <laughs> Pretty crazy. Wildest... Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very interesting, you know. I mean, I think. Did you hang around him? I did. I, when he was uh, older, he used to come over to yeah. uh, Neverland a lot. My dad bought him a lot. He couldn't go out yeah. nowhere either yeah. and mob him. Yeah. Oh man. But uh, and then Elizabeth Taylor was a good friend of my dad, you know. So I spent a little bit of time. I met her, her before. Too. Yeah, yeah. How about uh, Diana Ross? Do you know her? She's a really nice lady. Uh, good friend of my dad. Yeah. yeah. After my dad died, you know, she was actually in my dad's will. If my grandma couldn't take care of us, then all oh, yeah, the other taking care. Wow. Of so uh, it was it was really cool to reconnect with her after my dad died and just talk and share stories, you know. But she's a, a really nice lady. Really, you hung out with a lot of the classics. Any classics that we don't know, like you know, like the Tina Turners and all the like. You know, again, it's it's oh, I, I could have, but I don't remember because I at that time I don't even know who I was hanging out with. You know what I mean? Your kid could be like randomly with so many people when they're young, and they just they just don't know. Like, yeah, it's crazy because they don't have the appreciation right for what. And speaking for myself personally, right? Like I, I was. I remember meeting. Uh, I don't really remember it. I remember after it meeting Nelson Mandela, mm. and everybody was like, "How important it was!" And he put you on his lap, and he was rocking you. And I'm like, "Who's Nelson Mandela?" You know what I mean? Like, I you don't like understand. Him, I was like, <laughs> it's crazy. I met him. It was amazing. You know, that's Mike's homie, right? Yeah, I, an embarrassing story. Actually, you guys might get a kick out of this. Uh, <laughs> oh snap! My dad was uh, friends with uh, Farrakhan. Oh, that's the home, right? Yeah. So we all, uh, when yeah, we all we all friends with him. This is this is really embarrassing. All right, this is really embarrassing. When I met him as a kid, I think I called him Shaka Khan, <laughs> <laughs> and I had no. And my dad was like, "Holy Max, yeah, <laughs> that me. was that was bad." You called a leader of like yes, Syria, yes. Shaka Khan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as a kid, y'all, I was like maybe five or six years old. That's but, gigs, yeah. and no idea, no idea. That's amazing. Yo, Shaka Khan is one crazy person too, man. You met her? Yeah, yeah. She's she's how did you meet her? She was at Sirius X she came to Sirius XM and then uh she was walking by. I I begged her for a flick, but she loves fifty cent. Wow. So I thought she was gonna talk like nice. You know how you know how Mike talks nice on the show? Very eloquently, no cursing. She was like, What the fuck is that nigga? I've been looking for that nigga. I was like, Shaka. Damn. And that's it. I put, I gave her fifty cent cell number. I said, "Don't kill the messenger. Don't kill the photo guy." <laughs> I gave her fifty number, and it, they did their thing. Next thing I see her at fifty somewhere at some point. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. I actually put fifty together with Mike when I was in Bahrain because he was shooting. He was shooting a movie in uh, Morocco with some army movie, so I knew he was in that side of the world. So I really got him offset. He was pissed off. I gave Mike the phone, I put, and I say, "I say, yo, fifty. I found your lost brother." He was like, the fuck you talking about, nigga? I'll fuck you up, nigga. <laughs> Took me off set. Somebody told me it's an emergency. So I put it together. Hey, he was like, yeah. Michael's yeah. like, what's up, man? Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> the fact that he 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 messes with Eminem. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, Eminem did the videos, like, mocking yeah. him and stuff like that. So I didn't really want to let him know that I work with Eminem. Yeah. Because I thought he was going to kill me and stuff. 
But he he really respected the fact that that's when Eminem retired. Yeah. So the first thing he said, he was like, yo, what's up with this retirement with Eminem? He really retired? And I was like, yeah, he retired. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's out. But, but he really, like, respected him. But when I put them both on the phone, the phone, you know, back then it was like $20 a second. I was like, yo, man, I know this is some legendary shit. Y'all ain't get the fuck off my phone, yo. Yeah. It's like $20 a second. This is like, I'm not, I don't have no plan. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. But then when I got back off, he was like, fuck you. And then hung up on me. So because I met Mike before him. Damn. Yeah, 50's crazy. Damn. But thank God, that, that, that was, I had to put him together. He's yeah, in cancer, yeah. so he's pity. Yeah. He I had to put him together. And then we were supposed to do records and stuff. And then, you know, so in the mixtape days, he I was going to get Mike to do a hook. Okay. So that's why when, uh, um, what's his name came? Like, all these people came to do, like, work with Mike. Like, he had a studio out there in Bahrain. So, um, John, what was the name? John Legend came out of nowhere. No way. Yeah, so it was a slam. What happened to I see a bull? What happened to him? Yeah. I need it right now. So, I'm dying. I'm, what, the, what the fuck? Well, we can give it to him. But we can <laughs> so, so we were supposed to do a hook, but I think the PR on Mike's side was so excited that they were going to work with 50. They put a press release out that 50 Cent and Michael Jackson was going to come out with a song. R.I.P. Chris Lighty, Chris Lighty's team, Violator, put out a joint where Michael Jackson and 50 Cent is not doing a song. Uh, so, but it was supposed to be a secret, and then he passed away. Mm. It's a wrap. That's hey, crazy. Prince, um, they wanted me to give you this cheat bag <laughs> from Tyson 2.0. What's in there, Mike? There's a lot of goodies in What's in there, Mike? <laughs> thank you, thank you. What's oh, in wow. There, Dynamite cookies. Whoa. Yeah. Listen, she bangs, she bangs. Can't keep them off the shelf. <laughs> Toad. Oh, totally. That dynamite cookie's new, right? Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Mike Tyson bites. Hold on. That's a Holyfield. Holyfield. <laughs> That's hilarious. And it's That's a bit. Hilarious. It's a bit. It's a yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I can't keep it <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Like crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Brother Prince. Look at this. See this? Yes. This camera right here. See it? Yes. There's millions and millions and millions and millions of people watching right now. Let them know how to see you again and get in contact with you. Oh, oh, I got to shout myself out. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can find me on uh, social media, on Instagram, uh, Twitter. I think it's Prince Jackson for both. Twitter is like Prince M-J-J-J-A-X-O-N. I don't, I'm not on Twitter. Instagram is no. the spot. I have one, but I forgot the password. You're on thread, so. You're on thread right? Nah, I mean, I hate social media, to yeah. be honest, but Instagram's my thing. Uh, Heal Los Angeles, we have Instagram, Heal L-A-F-D-N. Mm. Website, Instagram, Twitter. Um and yeah, that's kind of that's where to hit, that's where to I find just, me. I just followed you. How do you live your day? What what do you do? Like when you leave here, what do you do? Uh, I have two dogs. I really I want to have a pair of animals. They're pit bulls. I, I rescued them. Uh, so whatever you can find, really. Um, but they're they're really nice inside my house. Outside of the house, they're like, they're horrible with other people. With, I mostly a, with each I have other. a golden doodle. Oh really? My cousins just got them. Mar, they're really cool. Oh, that golden doodle. A particular golden. Show them the dog, please. Yeah. How heavy is yours? Uh-huh. Mars. Mars. How heavy is your dog? My dog is big. Really? Like 60, the... 70 pounds? Yeah. Yeah. Because we saw it was small. We thought we were getting the small one. We got the big one, but we're so happy that we wow. got it. Yeah. We're so happy. Oh, my God. Big. They're gentle dogs, too, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'm the best in the world. Eating your cake. That's crazy. Yeah, he's eating my cake. That's, <laughs> that's Mars. No way. Wow. My wow. Baby. You um, put Mike and Mars together. Oh, <laughs> look at me right here with Mars. I love wow. that dog. That's awesome. That's awesome. You're going to make me cry now. Yeah. <laughs>
I love dogs. Love dogs. I want to get goats and chickens. I want to kind of expand to it. I don't. I wouldn't do the exotic animals. They're just too much work. Like a Komodo dragon or something. Now, I actually used to own a Komodo dragon's cousin. Uh, it's the like. There's the Komodo dragon, and the third largest lizard is the Nile monitor lizard. And I had two of them in the house. One of them killed the other one, and no the shit, one that survived became like tip tail to tail or tip was this long wow and i'd come home and everybody'd be running around <laughs> terrified because it got out of its cage and nobody would grab it so i'd have to like suit up and have a jacket and gloves and i've been whipped in the face you did some card then yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> but uh i've had anacondas and snakes they're just reptiles don't have that emotional connection yeah. that uh, birds i had i had a we had a bunch of birds in neverland but i had a parrot and I, birds are so intelligent. It's mm. just a weird way of expressing. It's not like dogs or cats. It's I don't know how to explain it, but how do you, you how know. do you talk to your birds, Mike? Do you be like? Bark, 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 bark. How do you do it? As soon as I come in the coop, they all attack the screen. Don't even get like crazy. Yeah. Can you imagine that? I gotta experience that. I gotta take them to. This, it's uh, nuts. Pet. We used to have a birdhouse at Neverland. I'm sure. Did you go see it? When you were over there? I don't remember, but I knew they had a lot of shit. A lot of shit. It was a, <laughs> you have a rhino. They had everything. Crazy a rhino. Stuff. And they would just walk around, not always in cages. Like the elephants and the giraffes would just be going on walks. You may wake up one day and there's a giraffe or an elephant there. That's it's crazy. Amazing. So that's like an amazing life. Oh, it's. I found some footage of my childhood recently where we, uh, I'm walking and feeding an elephant in front of the lake. You know, and that's literally right outside the front of the house. It's a crazy crazy Mike, Mike, Mike lived like this old magnet back in the 1890s yeah you know Xanadu that? type of yeah. thing <laughs> did you cry when you, you know y'all lost the property or did, 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 did so actually it? yeah you know we hated to see it go um for me personally it's just an unrealistic property to manage and it I don't want to put any blame out there on anyone but mm. it, you know it just some mistakes were made it was not a, a it didn't make sense for us to keep it, but we got very lucky in the sense that one of my dad's good friends bought it. Oh, okay. And so what he did is uh, he put the property back to what it used to be, and he uses it for what my dad intended it to be used for. He brings kids and families, and oh, they come and thing. they enjoy the rides. Exactly the yeah. same thing. So he, re he rebuilt the train station. I was up there uh, actually for my birthday not oh, too wow. long ago. I just like to go up there and spend time at the property. How much is it, how much is it to maintain Neverland? Yeah. Um, so... The numbers that I was told, I think my dad had a payroll for like two million a month. No way. For when it was at its peak, you're talking about a hundred employees, almost two hundred employees, maybe animals, food, staff. Why did he want to live like a god? He live oh, yeah. Yeah. two million a month. Yeah. Though. And you know, after he died and we weren't living there, you still have to do fire maintenance. It's twenty seven hundred acres of land. You're, I mean, you would go up to, we would go up to the highest point called what? Mount Catherine after his mom, my grandma, and you'd look out and it was like a Lion King moment where everything the, the light touches is yours. You literally cannot see the property line. It is insane. I was in, because, you know, 50 bought Mike's house and I remember the, 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 the grass, the, the, the grass bill, like all that maintenance. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like hundreds of thousands of dollars it's a month. It's ridiculous. Like, I don't even know how you even did that, Mike. That was, I mean, obviously I knew how you did it, but. 50 was like hell no yeah, yeah he had his uncle out there like <laughs> driving around cutting the shit like well rick ross cuts his own grass i was so poor i wanted to be somebody i thought that was being somebody <laughs> yeah you ever asked your know, family what's up with jerry curls like what was i mean was it like really popping like that back oh, then man. everybody had wet ass jerry yeah. curls, but they was rocking it 
like super wet. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I was like, it was to a point where it was like drizzling everywhere. Yeah. Like, like, like did you have a Jerry Curl with like back in the days? Like kinda. <laughs> 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 How was life like with the whole family like living in one spot though? Like before the Neverland and all that. Did he tell you about that stuff? Uh oh yeah. Oh, well, I mean, so personal... you gotta remember, my family came from Gary, Indiana, yeah. and they oh, grew Hood. up in a house that was about probably the size of this room. The whole house. Gary now, yeah, look, it what? is crazy. Scary. It, yeah, it's very scary down there. There's like twelve of them, and they all in that yep. one little spot. Yep, it was four rooms, and you know, I think my aunts would sleep on the couch. My uncles had triple bunk beds sleeping in there. I never heard of that. <laughs> no, crazy. <laughs> When I was in prison in Indiana, right, everybody hated those guys from Gary because they were grimy. Wow. They didn't like the Gary guy. It's crazy. I think in 2003, one of the last times, they actually had a KKK rally. Almost right in front of the house. What? Yeah. Yeah, that's where the clan came from. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's a it's a different world out there. But when they in nineteen like seventy, sixty nine, they moved to LA, seventy, they moved into Havenhurst. Well, the media is the worst. The media is killing his ass. Yeah, I mean, they've never yeah. been really friendly to him, but I think it's when you get to a certain... I just didn't care. I just wanted to hear him perform. Yeah. So you didn't, I, you didn't listen to all that. No, I just wanted to see him. Stuff. I just wanted to see him. wanted yeah. to be close to him. He was just magic when I first met him. You know, there's always that conspiracy with the record labels was against him because he actually spoke out yeah. about... He's the first one to like go at the industry with the... Yeah, Splits and, he had to. He had yeah. to. Well, that's the side about him that I want to highlight more, but mm. it's very difficult to talk about because the king of pop takes over everything. But as a businessman, he was so smart. He understood value where it came from in the music industry. He understood that his brand as Michael Jackson meant more than what the record labels were giving him. So he used that to leverage more out of it. And I think by the time Thriller came out, he had the highest royalty rate of any artist at that point. Wow. And then he was owning his he masters. Had, he had ego about that too, exactly, right? because he took a corporate a, a corporate company to the cleaners. And can you nobody had ever done that? All his heroes, Jackie Wilson and James Brown, those guys got taken advantage of. Yeah. So here he is, a little black boy from Gary, Indiana, essentially screwing over these record companies, or not even screwing them over, but getting what's rightfully owed to him, and. <clears throat> I mean, he was very proud of that. MTV, MTV didn't play black artists oh, until wow. I think it was Billie Jean. Wow. I didn't, I didn't, know, I didn't that. know that. Yeah. That's crazy. They were adamant against it. The Beatles, is that, is that real? Like he bought all the... Yeah. Like, yes. That's, that's yes. one of the most interesting did that, stories. Did, did he hand that... Did it come to you after, to all the kids? Like, oh. uh, So interestingly, what happened, you know, my father, I think he bought it in the 80s. Um, and everybody Beatles. told him, yeah, everybody told him it being was a, a being a being It's a long day's night, <laughs> and I was working <laughs> like a dog. Yeah, I like that song, too. But everybody told him it was overvalued. It was too much. And he said, no, I want it. I want it. So he got it. And then I don't know when, but at some point he merged it with Sony. And so then it became ATV and Sony, and then became Sony ATV. And what that did is that gave him access to all of Sony's artists, and Sony had access to the Beatles. And Paul gave it to him, Paul McCartney. You hear different and stories Paul, about that. He might have sold it to him. Huh? But I heard he bought it under Paul. Yeah, I heard I Paul wanted know. to buy it, and he couldn't afford it. And my what my dad told me was that he asked Paul if it was okay oh, wow, if he, he could buy him. it. Oh, wow. And Paul's like, I don't care. That's what my dad said. I've never verified that. I don't know. Well, Paul but he bought it. Mad. Yeah. Oh, I heard he was mad. I heard he was pretty mad. mad. <laughs> but yeah, then it, it ended up. We're talking about something that 
over Mag- quadruple Mag- the value. Listen, he's supposed to did that to Michael. Michael did that to him. Yeah. Normally, yeah. it's the white guy to do. <laughs> no, but he was just ahead of his time. Smart. But that's dangerous, though, to to, to even make that decision, com- considering how these corporations go against like, yeah. certain individuals. Like, yeah. And there's creative accounting, and there's all kinds of things they can do that if you're not on it. If you're not detail oriented, you weren't scared at that like during those times. I mean, you were young, but were like safety issues precautions because your dad was like having issues with other entities that are uncontrollable. Like he's worried about his people kids. People had the threat. Though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you think phone call threat type shit? Like I'm sure people that he knows had the threat. Though. <clears throat> yeah, you get to a certain level of power, you know. And I mean, everything I've been told was told by my dad, but he would come home worried about his safety, about his career, about his assets, because he felt that he was um, pissing off the wrong people and it was putting a target on his back, either through his messages of unity or calling Mm -hmm. out other entities for whatever reason it was. It was putting him on a target on his back. All right, we got to wrap it up now. You were telling me, okay. So listen, this is another episode of Hot Boxing. And brother, um, thank you, brother Prince. Thank you, really appreciate that. Yeah, I think you're gonna like Hezbollah. <laughs> hey, this is Mike Tyson, and we're wrapping up another episode of Hot Boxing. I like to thank my brother over here, Prince Jackson, and you know I'm Mike Tyson, and I have my co-host. Here. Ooh, good. Yeah. <laughs> thank, thank you, brother Prince. And thank this you, is guys. A wrap.